Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. If you turn in your Bibles with me tonight to the book of Ezra, chapter 6, Ezra chapter 6 and verse 5, and then we'll move to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like the Lord's given me a word for this night's service. I believe it's going to lift your faith tonight. Uh, I believe it's going to encourage many people in this room. How many of you, just by a show of hands, uh, have a loved one in your life that is currently not serving the Lord? Amen. Uh, I believe tonight I'm going to, with the help of the Lord, be able to preach to you why it's so important that you are here tonight and why you come to the house of the Lord even though you have a loved one that isn't currently attending and serving the Lord the way that you wish they were. Ezra chapter 6 and verse 5, and also let the golden and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple which is at Jerusalem and brought unto Babylon be restored and brought again unto the temple which is at Jerusalem, every one to his place and place them in the house of God. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to speak to you for just a few moments. The light of the lost pots. The light of the lost pots. Would you pray with me before we're seated? Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful to be gathered together in your house one more time. God, I ask that you would just put a fresh anointing upon me tonight. That you would quicken my words. That you would quicken my spirit. Lord, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would destroy every yoke of bondage represented in this room. Lord, that you would release the gift of faith, Lord, in a spirit of liberty to operate in this house here tonight, God. I pray that you would gather in all of our thoughts, all of our emotions. Lord, that you would remove every distraction from our mind and our spirit tonight. That your voice would become clear in the next few moments. And we would hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to give you a, a quick summary of the first six chapters of the book of Ezra so we can better understand the verse that we just read in Ezra chapter 6 and verse 5. In the first year of Cyrus the king, King Cyrus commanded the temple to be built in Jerusalem. He commanded that everyone give to the cause of of building the temple with gold and silver and labor. All of us can attest to be a part of that. Anytime the church is expanding or undergoing a project, we enter into capital campaigns or times of sacrifice and times of giving. And there are times where we give of our labor. There are times where we give of our money. There are times when we just need to give of our time and of our energy. And all of that goes toward the building of the house of the Lord. 
Uh, we give of our substance for the cause of the church, and, and and parents invest their time and energy into their kids as they endeavor to train them up in the love and admonition of the Lord. And and that's the parallel that I want you to see here in these scriptures. After the foundation was laid, the adversaries of Jerusalem and Judah began to try to frustrate the purpose of the Lord by disrupting construction, by hiring magistrates and judges and making false accusations. This would be the equivalent of, uh, let's say, frivolous lawsuits in our day and age. There were people who did not want to see the success of the construction of the house of the Lord. There were people that made it their mission to make sure that the church was going to fail, and they did everything in their power as far as inserting themselves into the legal process to try and stop the accomplishment of what the Lord was doing in the church. And the Bible says when a new king came into power, those same adversaries wrote the new king a letter falsely accusing the Jews that if they were to finish building this temple, if they were finished with the construction, that the temple would be so great and Jerusalem would be so great that the people would stop paying tribute, that they would stop paying taxes to the king. And and they put fear in the heart of the king and, and made the king believe that the church was the enemy. Can somebody say amen? Are you seeing the parallel here? They convinced uh, the government uh, that the church was an enemy of the state. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Amen. And so the king ordered that the construction stop and 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 a man said, look, I need you to go back and search the documents because somewhere in the history, somewhere in the scrolls, there was a commandment given by King Cyrus to build the, te- or by King Darius to build the temple. And so they went back through the scrolls and they found this decree. And so Darius said, all right, we're going to continue the building of the temple. And not only are we going to continue, but we're going to add to that construction. We're going to give favor to that project, and we're going to release some resources to the church to help that endeavor. And before this construction process had started, before this entire thing began, you have to understand that the children of Israel were coming out of 70 years of exile, 70 years of bondage and captivity. And during that time, there was a king called Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had come in and he had stolen the vessels from out of the temple. He had stolen all of the precious vessels from the temple. And so when they were finished with construction, and they were finished rebuilding the temple. They were still missing the vessels until the king made a decree that these vessels be returned. Y'all with me? I know that was a lot of a lot of groundwork there. <clears throat> I believe, if you can give me as much monitor as you can, I believe that this is where the church is right now. Thank you, my friend. This is where the church is right now. The church has been in the construction process for a long time. 
The Lord has been, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The Lord has been laying the groundwork for many, many years. And the enemy has not been happy about the momentum and the direction of the church. And the enemy has sought to stir up the government, to stir up municipalities, to stir up any adversary that he can to come against the church. And throughout the process of growth, throughout the process of revival, the church has suffered losses. There have been times where the adversary has been successful in coming in and robbing the church of precious vessels. There have been children that were raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord that came to a time in their life where all of a sudden the enemy got a hold of something in their spirit and the world got a hold of their mind and the enemy was able to pluck one from the temple. And there have been times uh, where there have been entire groups of vessels that were stolen. And, and the enemy worked in a congregation and sin came into a church and a split happened. And all of a sudden, there was an entire group of vessels uh, that became wayward in their spirit uh, and were separated from the truth. You have to understand that in the landscape of our world, Right now, today, as we are sitting in God's house, there are broken vessels uh, that belong to the king of kings that have been robbed uh, from the house of God. There are vessels right now, tonight, that are hidden in false doctrine. There are vessels right now that have been constrained in a place of depression. There are vessels right now tonight as we sit in the light of truth uh, that have been lost uh, in the years that have passed by and their, their names uh, have been forgotten with the decay of time and the church uh, only barely remembers uh, that they were ever a part uh, of the congregation. Uh, but the king of kings uh, knows where every lost vessel is tonight. Uh, he has surveyed uh, the landscape of our world uh, and he knows exactly uh, where every vessel is uh, that belongs to him. Uh, and what the church needs to know uh, is there is a new decree uh, that is going to rise up uh, from the throne of heaven uh, where God himself uh, says it's time uh, for my vessels uh, to come home. I heard a story. A man told me one time I was at a church, and he told me after hearing my testimony, he said, you know, I had a friend that grew up in the church, and he was baptized in Jesus' name, and he was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And somewhere along the way, offense crept into his life and and that root of bitterness that we talked about the other night crept into his spirit and it, and that thorn in the flesh became a thorn in his spirit and he became wayward and walked away from the truth for many many years 
But he was telling me that after the years had passed, there came a time in his life when he was ready to return and he was ready to make things right with God. But Pastor Ellis, when he returned and he made that drive back to where he grew up, that building was still there. It still looked the same. But when he walked in, he didn't recognize the faces. When he came in, he didn't recognize the man behind the pulpit. And when he stayed for the service, he didn't recognize the preaching. There was something inside of him that said, this isn't right. What this man is saying, what this man is preaching is not what I grew up on. This is not the gospel message that I heard as a little boy. This is not the same feeling of godly sorrow working unto repentance that I remember from these altars. When I was first filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, he said it was like walking into a strange land. It was like walking into a foreign place. And he was uncomfortable in his spirit. And he knew immediately that something had been lost over the course of time. Something had been replaced and substituted as a result of him being not as a result, but in the time uh, that he was gone. Most of you at this point have heard my testimony that there was a duration of time in my life where I had left the church. I was gone for seven years. But when I came to my pig pen and I came to myself, when repentance began to do its work in my spirit and I made my way back to the house of God, I am glad to report to you tonight that when I walked into that building, it was the same gospel that was being preached when I left the building. It was the same worship being sung when I left the building. I recognized that anointing when I stepped over the threshold of that door. I recognized the faces when I walked into the building and immediately something in side of me said you're home you're home you're home hallelujah we have got to understand tonight that when the Lord begins to call those lost pots home, when he begins to beckon those vessels that have not been in the church for a long time, he is counting on his church to be the same church that he birthed 2,000 years ago. Listen, I'm telling you right now, there has been a prodigal revival hovering over the church for a long time. And God has been surveying the land.
landscape of his church looking for a place that has been preparing for their return. Calvary, I have a prophetic word for you tonight. The Lord has seen you. He has seen your preparation. He has seen the work that you have put in. And I'm telling you right now, in the Holy Ghost, there are vessels scattered across this city that are getting ready to be called out. God's not going to send his vessels home to a field of broken pottery. He's going to send them to a house where there have been shelves prepared for their return. He's going to send them to a place where the fruits of the Spirit abound, where healing can be found, where the anointing still breaks the yoke, where the name of Jesus is still magnified, where the You're the exact right crowd tonight. Because your faithfulness to the revival services says something about you, whether you realize it or not. It says, I'm not just in it for me. I'm in it for the guy in the row next to me. I'm in it for the one that might walk through the door in just a couple minutes. Listen, friend, at some point, Christians got to grow up. At some point, we've got to clean up the mess in our lives. If your life still looks the way it did 20 years ago, it's time to get over some stuff. It's time to put some stuff behind you because God's got others. He's trying to bring into the fall. See, Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That word forsake means abandon. What was Paul saying? He was saying, listen, church, don't abandon your siblings just because you got your blessing. Don't abandon your siblings just because you got your miracle. You may walk in here tonight and God's already done the work in your life, but you showed up. Not for you, but you showed up for them so that when they make their way back, there'd still be a light on in the church. They'd still find the church the way they left it. Hallelujah. When that prodigal came to himself, he knew exactly where the father's house was. 
And when they come to themselves, you hear me, those of you who have lost children and lost loved ones, those who raise their hand in this place tonight, they will never forget where the Father's house is. They will never forget where the Father's house is. But it's your job to make sure the Father's house is still the Father's house when they show up, when the timing of the Lord calls them home. It's going to be your presence, your presence in the house of God that lets them know I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home in the Father's house. Many years ago, when I'd first come back to the Lord after being astray, I was a single dad for a few years before the hand of the Lord moved and provided me a wife. Hallelujah. He knew. He knew. I just feel praise break coming on right now. Oh, some of you husbands ought to run. Too many pizza for too many nights. I became a master of the George Foreman grill. It was on such a night that I was complaining to the Lord. I said, God, I said, I'm tired. And he's just like, okay, here we go. Wow. He's up there playing a fiddle. No. I said, God, I said, I'm tired. I said, I get up at five, take Ashley to daycare. Drop her off at 6. Pick her up at 6.30 p.m. She's there for 12 and a half hours every day. Come home. Play with her for a few minutes. Make her something to eat slash order food. Attempt to do the laundry. Buy new clothes to replace the clothes I ruined in the laundry. I'm like, Lord, it's a constant process and I'm exhausted and I said this is what I said I said God it just feels so monotonous and the Holy Ghost arrested my attention and said what you call monotonous I call faithfulness Listen, I know it's not always easy to get up and get the kids ready and do everything that it requires to make it to the house of the Lord. I know it's not always easy to be faithful in your giving and in your sacrifice. I know it's not always easy to serve and to show up. And I know sometimes that begins to feel like a weight in your mind. 
mind. But when it begins to feel like a weight, it's because it's transferred from spirit to flesh. If you could step back in the spirit, you'll realize that that thing that seems heavy, that thing you call monotony, is really faithfulness. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with you. It could just be that God's calling you to be faithful because there is a harvest coming to your church. There is a harvest coming to your church. Be faithful. Forsake not. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Don't abandon the lost pots in your city. Don't leave them hanging when they come in to find the light in the Father's house. In my BC days, I used to listen to this country song. I said BC. I told you I'd leave a light on. And I know that many of you Know the rest of that song. I can see that light in your eyes right now. Busted. And this man writes a song saying he was going to leave the light on in case his woman ever wanted to come back home, in case his car ever started running again and his dog was willing to come back. Because if the light was on, they'd be able to find their way. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine, Pastor Ellis, what it would have been like to walk into the doors of the church and not recognize the faces. I can't imagine what it would have felt like in my spirit had I walked in and the worship would not have been in spirit and in truth. I can't imagine what it would have been like to walk in and hear a watered down doctrine that was just soothing itching ears. I'm so grateful that there were people in the church that didn't even know my name that understood it's our job to keep the light on it's our job to keep the doors open it's our job to keep the way paved to the father's house 
That's why John said uh, he must increase uh, and I must decrease. Uh, you know, John the Baptist uh, lived uh, this message. Uh, he said, I prepare a way. Uh, I prepare a way. Uh, he understood uh, that his ministry uh, had nothing to do with him. Uh, if we are to be Christians, uh, then we are to embody uh, this mindset uh, where we understand uh, our labor, uh, our time, uh, our faithfulness uh, isn't even for me. Uh, it's for them. Uh, it's for them. Uh, it's for them. Uh, because one day uh, the king of kings uh, is going to blow that trumpet uh, and he's going to say it's time uh, for my vessels uh, to come back uh, to my house. Uh, it's time uh, for those uh, that were lost uh, to be found again. Uh, it's time uh, for the blind uh, to see. Uh, it's time uh, for the deaf uh, to hear. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. I asked the Lord this afternoon. I had some time in the hotel by myself. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm asking you tonight, Lord, to send a holy host of angels to be in that sanctuary. I want you to stand to your feet with me right now. If you raised your hand that you have a lost loved one somewhere that has drifted away from the Lord, whatever the reason, I want you to know that in this house here tonight, there is an angel that we are going to dispatch to go to that person. You say, oh, Vinny, I don't know what you're talking about. That's spooky. Let me tell you something. God dispatched angels all throughout his word. All throughout his word. He sent an angel to Cornelius. He sent an angel to Mary. He and from this place tonight, uh, there will be angels dispatched uh, all across this city. Uh, and wherever your loved one is, uh, God's going to send an angel uh, to be with them tonight. Uh, to speak a word to them. Uh, to step into the dark place uh, where that vessel has been hidden. Uh, to step into that confusion. Uh, to step into that bondage. Uh, to step into that captivity uh, with the light. 
light of his word. There are angels that are going to be dispatched here tonight that are going to set some people free. There are some people, there are some vessels that have been in captivity, that have been in bondage, and they need God to intervene, to step in and set them free again, where they can make their way back to the Father's house. All across this house. Before, don't pray yet. I want you to just first lift your hands to heaven. And I want you to lift your head towards heaven. And if you have a name, if you have a name, we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to ask the Lord to dispatch these angels from this place here tonight to go to that loved one. And I want you to call out that person's name when we pray. Lord, I believe that this service has been divinely inspired of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that we are in a moment of your timing where lost pots all across this city are getting ready to be set free. Lord, I believe that you have gathered in this place a host of angels ready to be dispatched to our lost loved ones that have been scattered abroad right now Lord in your name Jesus I'm asking you to dispatch these angels to I want you to say their name dispatch these angels to dispatch these angels to the vessels that have been scattered across this city send them into every dark place send them into every prison cell Send them into every dark corner. Send them into every confused way. Send them. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. That's it. Come on. That's the Holy Ghost moving on this congregation right now. Don't be afraid to let that spirit of intercession begin to take over you.
Yes. He toro shataramakashaya. He kotoromo shayandaramakita. Hallelujah. That's it. Come on. Just continue in that intercession for a moment. We'll move on when the Holy Ghost is ready to move on. Uh, plug in uh, to that spirit of intercession uh, that is coming to this house right now. Uh, oh, God is using some of you uh, to stand in the gap uh, for somebody right now. Uh, your prayer uh, is making up the hedge uh, for somebody uh, right now. Yeah, 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 Yakolaboshai. He lobosi kataraye. That's it. Your prayers can make all the difference. Let me tell you something. God has given us free will. And he'll allow us to make bad decisions and to do things that we may someday regret. But God responds to prayer. During that season of my life when I walked away from the Lord, there was a time that on an impulse, I was going to just up and move to Florida. I put my stuff in my car. I stopped in Cincinnati on my way for one night just to let my mom know, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Florida. And I didn't even stay the whole night. I said, actually, I'm going to drive through the night. I really don't even want to sleep here. I just want to leave. I put my stuff in my car, and I got on the road. I made it to Louisville before her prayers stopped me. I had only enough money to get there. And in Louisville, at 2 o'clock in the morning, my mom had not stopped praying. There was nothing wrong with my car. But at 2 a.m., God put something in my car that made it wrong. And my car broke down on the highway at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was stranded. I couldn't fix it. I had to spend my money on a hotel room and a tow. And the next day, the guy at the dealership said, listen, it's going to be $800 to fix your car. I bet you can't guess how much money I had to my name. I had $800 to my name. God, stop.
me. He, he said, I'm sorry. I, I gave you free will, but I also gave her free will. And she decided to use it to exercise authority in your situation. Don't think for a moment that your prayers don't make a difference. God responds to prayer. God moves when his children call his name. Listen, the enemy convinced some of you to stop praying. The enemy convinced some of you to just let it take its course. What would have happened if Jonah would have just taken his course? Nineveh would not have had the same ending. But somewhere, God said, you know what? I'm going to have to put a stop to this decision. I'm going to have to step in and reverse the course. God will respond to your prayer. When you begin to call out the name of that loved one, things happen. Angels move. Jesus begins to work behind the scenes. You'd be surprised how quickly God can do a work on your behalf if you'll just keep praying, if you'll just keep the faith, if you'll just keep showing up, if you keep coming to the Father's house and being faithful, you wait and see what God will do for your lost loved ones. I'd like for us to come to the front if we could together. The Lord brought Ezekiel into a valley of dry bones. And those bones were scattered. The Bible says they were very dry. Some of your loved ones have been gone so long that that promise looks very dry to you. For some of you, they haven't spoken to you in years. Some of you don't even know where their geographical location is tonight. Some of you couldn't call them if you wanted to. That promise of restoration looks very dry. But God said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Ezekiel said, thou knowest. God said, Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy to these bones. I told you on Sunday that the gift of prophecy was going to be in operation here tonight. But I'm asking you not to put prophecy in a box tonight. Prophecy isn't just God using the man of God to speak to a church about their future. Prophecy is when God authorizes his kids to speak into a situation. He said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Some of you didn't know it, 
but that person's been gone so long you started speaking death you started speaking sarcasm you started speaking hopelessness you started resigning to the current situation and you stopped speaking life my question to you is can these bones live can these bones live can these bones live in this house here tonight a spirit of prophecy is going to come upon the Calvary church and the children of God are going to lift their voice and we're going to begin to speak life into those names we're going to begin to speak life we're going to speak restoration again we're going to speak repentance again we're going to speak a refilling of the Holy Ghost in their lives again I want you to get that person in your mind right now and if you don't have an individual in your mind then when we begin to prophesy I want you to begin to speak into your city if you don't have a name I want you to begin to speak into your city And as you begin to prophesy and speak life, just like in Ezekiel, when he began to prophesy, then the Lord commanded breath to come into those bones. The Lord commanded new life to come into that promise again. All across this house, I want us to begin to lift our voice as one body. And I want you to begin to speak promise over that life again. I want you to begin to speak life and faith and restoration into that life again. Come on. Let the boldness of the Holy Ghost come on you right now. It's not time to be timid. It's time to take authority in the name of Jesus. Yes. 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 Come on, speak life. Speak life. Speak life into their home. Speak life into their marriage. Speak life into their children. Speak life. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.